Welcome to the Company Growth Podcast. This is the Company Growth Podcast. This is Alicia Dominico. I'm your host, Alicia Dominico. What are your three inhibitors to growth? It's one of my favorite questions. The lion handshake. I, you know, I may have posted the LinkedIn video, but it was actually you who invented the lion handshake, Dan right. I want to interview you on this podcast. First of all, I've known Alicia, <laughs> we just said for two years. Uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, three things, five things I'll never forget about you. Number one, you are in uh, Canada, mm-hmm. right? Uh, number two, you were an early lion, and a lion is a um, it's a participant in uh, one of the HubSpot partner boot camps that I teach. Uh, number three, Alicia is uh, a fail forward fast person, and that's one of the things we want to talk about today. Yep. Uh, Alicia, uh, what I've learned is has a very high propensity for doing things that um, she's never done before. And like some people will procrastinate. They're like, ah, I got to study it. That's not Alicia. She moves like a hungry man to a free buffet <laughs> to a new skill that she's never done before. And it's awesome. And then she'll come back and go, Dan, you won't believe what happened. I, it was uh, horrible. And then I'm, uh, no, it wasn't horrible. You learned. And then she'll do the next one and she'll go, that one was much better. And then she'll do the third one. And then pretty soon she's like an expert at engaging executive, executive C-level uh, communications, which is one of the reason I'm happy to be on this podcast. Super excited to be talking with you. Uh, it's not going to be 15 minutes. We're going to go at least 17 minutes today. I'm good for 17 minutes. But I thank you for the kind words. And I, I, we have to really preface this for people. The Lions program is not just a partner program. It's the ultimate sales coaching program. And everything that I've learned over the last two years in that program, I take over and help my, my clients grow their companies. And it's, it's just so so impactful. You gotta, you gotta let everybody know you are the ultimate sales coach, Dan Tyre. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'm going to take that as a compliment. It is. And uh, it's the best job at HubSpot. So first of all, I'm highly skilled with 40 years of background of engaging with um, net new clients. We used to call it prospecting. Now in the inbound sales um, like methodology, it's identifying good fit customers mm-hmm. and then connecting with good fit customers. And uh, the reason I find it fascinating is because everybody ever uh, tells me, no, 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 no one picks up their phone anymore, which is both wrong and um, it's dangerous, right? Yep. Because people do pick up their phone if in fact you have the proper approach, if in fact you're trying to help not sell, and if in fact you are uh, have the philosophy where you're trying to engage in a way that uh, like helps everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you've learned that, yep. right? Over the last uh, two years, and it's it's the science behind it. I was just on a boot camp uh, this morning, and uh, some lady was saying, "Dan, your tricks are awesome." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Back that up. That's not a trick." She goes, "But that technique." I'm like, "No, it's not a technique. That's science, right? What I'm teaching you is uh, 12 and a half years of things that I've learned at HubSpot." which, uh, by the way, is the crowning jewel of my 40-year business career. And I tell everybody, everything changed in 2007 as it relates to an executive picking up the phone and calling to another executive. That Mm -hmm. has changed substantially in the last two years. And that's one of the things we want to talk about today. 100%. I mean, I think the adding value, always be helping, which is the sort of hashtag of the Lions program that you teach and your sales coaching work with us, is that you always have to be helping. And the biggest fail that I see as a communications person is that people don't think enough about their audience. This has been a problem that I've seen over the 15 years of my career. 
and you need, when you're picking up the phone to call somebody, you still need to think about your audience. So I want you to, how do you do that? How do you do that really well? How do you show them that you're not all about yourself in like the first 20 seconds of picking up the phone and, and when they give you that opportunity, they do answer. Yeah. So there's three very important components of it. Number one, you have to pick your ideal customer profile. And in the old days, that was like 2017, you could sell to everybody and you could service everybody. Uh, but in 2020, the riches are in the niches. Have you ever heard me say that, Alicia? Yes, I have. Okay. And do you believe it? Yeah, I do. Why? Well, because if you, the more niche you get, the, the more that you can actually show people that you're connected and the more that you can do a deal together. So that's the riches. Exactly. And you probably can help everybody, but the threshold for really providing value is much higher than it has ever been before. Everybody expects you to know about their industry, to know about their business. And if you're a generic provider that is uh, working in mid-market, right, you might get some deals. But if you are a specific um, company that's focused on oil and gas in Calgary, Canada, with at least 3 million of revenue, uh, 50 employees and growing 25% a year. And those two um, like companies are competing for the same business. If you're an oil and gas company in Calgary, who are you gonna choose? Yeah, yeah, you want somebody who knows you and recognizes you and understands what, what it is that, that you can achieve together. And that understands you, that is the key. So number one is the first ideal customer profile. And of course, uh, Alicia can help you with that. The second is personas. And what is a persona, Alicia? Is the person that you're trying to target. So not just the target market, but the specific imaginary version of the person who makes decisions. It's all the psychographics of that person within a target market that you're pursuing. That's right. I, we've done target markets for 40 years. And like uh, if you target somebody in Southern Florida, right, there's grand people and there's uh, young adults and there are people going to college. You can target them, but they're totally different and they have different needs. They have different uh, education levels and they're just totally different. Mm -hmm. Right. Today, we want to target the reason why our message will resonate and why people will buy. So personas is the fictionalized avatar of the type of person that gets the most value from your product. And uh, you do personas for all your um, customers, right? Yep, yeah. We also do the prospect fit matrix, which goes back to what you were saying about identifying your niche, which I think is really critical too, to understand. The ideal customer profile is first. That's the kind of companies you go after. The personas, every company has at least three personas. And if you don't have a name for your persona, like Banker Ben, Agency Annie, uh, Oil Ollie, <laughs> right? A gas Gary, then you haven't done enough research. And uh, there's a free tool that uh, UpSpot offers called Make My Persona, www Make My Persona. You can go in and in a couple of minutes, you can uh, fictionalize your persona. And then you want to provide it both the marketing as well as sales. And why do salespeople need to understand the personas, um, Alicia? Well, I think everybody, one of the things that we talk about, we talk about as a growth agency is how important it is for everybody to be going after the same goal. The clients that I'm trying to help problems to solve is not that they have a marketing problem or not that they have an X problem. They actually have an overarching, like, let's set a target, particularly if you're an entrepreneur, so that you don't have the worst job in the world, but so that you actually are, know what you're working so hard for and you're, you're out to achieve that life that you want to build for yourself. So the sales team absolutely has to be aligned with those goals. So does the marketing team and so does the customer service team. And at HubSpot, when we say we're talking with agency Annie, everybody immediately understands who that is and what the process is, yeah. right? And so uh, it's for efficiency. 
And if your sales and marketing is not aligned, number one, call Alicia. Number two, you got big problems, right? In the <laughs> old days, it was oil and water. It was cats and dogs. Give me another good analogy. What are uh, in uh, I'm looking outside at snow. There's got to be a good analogy out there about snow. How about uh, Canadians, Montreal Canadiens fans versus Toronto Maple Leafs fans? There you go. Snows. Nailed it. They, they don't get along with each other, right? And uh, they're like oil and water. And today it's different, yeah. right? The term schmarketing. Have you ever heard that term schmarketing? Out of your own lips many times. Okay. All right. And what does schmarketing mean? It means when you blend marketing with sales. Okay. And the companies, I've got all the data and the facts, all the stuff that I say is all science-based and uh, companies that have aligned sales and marketing should perform better because in the old days, marketing like did 5% of the work. They created the leads, right? And they sent them to uh, sales and then sales took the leads. They qualified the customer on the connect call, by the way, never do that in 2020, right? They put somebody into a product demo, by the way, don't do that in 2020. Mm -hmm. They uh, went into a closing sequence, by the way, don't do that in 2020. And then they closed the deal. They got all the money. They got all the glory and marketing was always in the doghouse, yep. right? Marketing, right? Uh, it, for mar First of all, marketing was expense, not mm -hmm. an investment. Yep. Second of all, marketing was the built-in excuse for every sales leader I ever met in the thir first 30 years of my career. Now, if you want to scale your business, right, you don't hire a sales leader. It's good if you have one, but you hire Alicia or a HubSpot partner who can bring the leads through your website. You figure out your ideal customer profile. You get your personas. She can help you all with all that. And then finally, right, before you pick up the phone and call anyone, right? You do at least five to 10 minutes of research. You go on their LinkedIn profile and look, uh, see what they look like, right? You try to determine their personality characteristics. And there's a variety of different technologies that uh, help you do that. Number three, you find out what they need, right? If you're uh, prospecting Dan Tire, you're like talking about uh, world-class speakers who spoke 50 times in 27 countries last year who want to increase their speaker fees by double in uh, 2020. Does that sound like you, Mr. Tire? And my jaw will drop. And I'm like, who are you? And my lizard brain will be on fire. What's your lizard brain, Alicia? My lizard brain is, well, it's everyone's lizard brain is just somebody who is it's your primal brain. It's the brain that's resistant to change. But when you see somebody who comes in and tells you, boom, I can make your dreams come true, that's when your lizard brain goes on fire. That's right. And when I talk about uh, agency owners in Canada, right, uh, Alicia can't control herself. She's like, that's me, right? She's leaning in. She's listening to more. If I call up and tell her all the dopey stuff I'm doing, she doesn't care. Her mm -hmm. eyes glaze over. She's filing her fingernails. She's like, okay, next. But as soon as I say, no, Alicia, I work with HubSpot agencies in Canada the, uh, the, the uh, Toronto area that are scaling very quickly and want to get high value retainer with platform software companies. Does that sound like you? And they're like, boom, line handshake. I, I, I know, I know. So at least <laughs> very good. And when she calls you, first of all, she's got this super professional voice tone, right? Second of all, she's done her research. Third of all, how many times are you going to professionally pursue somebody if you want to have a conversation with them? You're going to call them at least three to four times. That's the critical piece about this too, is that people are thinking they can just rely on email. And while email is important, it's always my second baby after phoning. And when I started picking up the phone and calling people, that's when I changed my business. And I hope all the sales reps listening are realizing that, that even in 2020, especially in 2020, being able to be on the phone is critical. Okay. So uh, once again, you've um, laid the foundation that's very, very effective for uh, professional outreach. Number one, you get a um, 
a um, ideal customer profile. Number two, you do personas. Number three, a salesperson, a sales manager, a sales executive, a CEO has to pick up the phone. If you really want to talk to Dan Tyre, you can't call me once and leave a voicemail. Right. You have to call me four times in 12 days. And as I teach my boot camp, people say, no, that's stalking. I'm like, no, if you want to get a hold of me, I travel internationally all the time. Right. Yeah. The first time you send me an email, it goes to my voice like or email. It goes into my 800 emails I get every day. I may or may not say it. the second time you send me an email and you say second ping. Right. Is ping a Canadian term? Do people in Canada know what ping means? We're, we're yes, we're very comfortable okay. with it. All right. So it's a sonar thing from uh, submarines. Like I'm pinging you a second time. And Alicia, one of the things that you're unbelievable at is teaching companies how to use video email in their outreach. And how long have you done uh, video email? I've been doing it for over a year and a half, I want to say. I used to use it at the end of my sales cycle if you didn't have all the key decision makers in the, in the room. And now I'm using it at the beginning of my sales cycle. Why? Why do you, uh, first of all, use video email in your uh, professional outreach? Well, first of all, I think that you know how you said about voice tone. That's critical, right? Like showing them that you're other centered. And the way that I'm using video is to show them again that they can trust me. I am video. I am other centered. I'm there to help. I'm not there to sell. Part of that first conversation is even just identifying fit together. And it doesn't have to take up more than 15 minutes or 10 minutes, but you've got to have it done. So when I'm showing them by video, when my cold emails or my, or my uh, slightly warm emails, because they're an inbound lead, I'm showing them that I'm focused on them. Yeah, that's awesome. And they can see you. Yeah. Right. They can see that you're professionally dressed, that you want to engage with them. They can you sometimes I've you've sent me emails that has the prospects website yep. on their uh, on your email. Yep. And now all of a sudden it's like Harry Potter. They're seeing a little movie of my friend Alicia with their website on the movie. And you're saying, hey, you know, I really like your website. Uh, there's some really good things going on. There's a couple of things that uh, we might be able to improve if you're trying to generate more leads for your sales team and would like my help, let's jump on a call for 15 minutes. And my meetings link is embedded in the video. And you're looking at it. And I know uh, you've given this an example. Sometimes you'll get uh, notified that like 45 people have viewed the uh, the video. Why, why do you think it becomes so popular when you send this out to a business owner in uh, 2020? I think they're passing it all around to their team to check it out. I know. They're and like, you know what I also get? Sometimes they're saying, that? why isn't our team doing that? Like when I'm even doing simple things like saying, hey, I'm going to talk to you next. When are you going to make the decision by? I'm going to talk to you on this date and time. I have companies, you know, CEOs saying, man, you're doing all the things that I wish my team would be doing, you know, and their sales outreach. And because it's different in 2020, right? Yep. The whole HubSpot um, program is technology to help uh, businesses grow better. In 2020, every company is a technology company. And that's good and bad. The good news is that uh, the software is relatively inexpensive. Uh, by the way, HubSpot software starts at free, right? The better news is that you can get a partner, a HubSpot solutions partner like Alicia, who will help you implement it for a competitive advantage. And in the old days when we had like uh, enterprise software, it was hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now it like starts at free. And then uh, the way uh, we do it in 2020 is uh, we start with the ideal customer profile, go to the personas, do the research. And then it's all about a discovery call. So uh, Alicia is masterful at asking the right questions so that we understand, number one, is uh, this the right time? Number two, are we the right company to work with you? Number three, what are your three inhibitors to growth? It's one of my favorite questions, right? I ask it all the time. When I'm working with CEOs, I do a lot of board level work. I put on a tie. I'm usually like a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy, but 
I got the gray hair and sometimes you're supposed to look like your customer. So I'll go in and I'll put on a tie and I'll ask a, a, a group of 12 board members. All right. Well, what are your three biggest inhibitors to growth? And invariably, it's something around sales marketing efficiency, and we need more good fit customers so that we can scale our business. And of course, that leads directly to a flywheel. And Alicia, my friend, what's a flywheel? The flywheel is the constant push of the gas on the pedal to continually have customers come in and become evangelists for you. All right. Yeah, exactly right. And um, there's two ways you'd know a flywheel. Number one, if you're a car guy. I'm not really a car guy. I don't even own a car. Yeah, I'm not I'm a car only, guy either. I'm the only 61-year-old guy. I, asked, I, asked, I have to ask my wife, Amy, can I borrow the car? <laughs> She's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm going to the grocery store. She's like, when are you going to be back? I'm like, uh, I, need my, I need my own car, right? Uh, and the flywheel is what moves the pistons. Or there, if you saw the movie Ghost. Yeah. Do you know the movie Ghost? Yeah. Demi Moore and Patrick Swayze, yeah. right? And he's like a dead guy. Isn't he right. Canadian? Oh. I just want to like do a little plug. Oh. Is Patrick Spacey Canadian? I'm going to have that to research that later. Note. You Google that right now. That's <laughs> awesome. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe we missed it. He probably is. He probably He's isn't. Got... He probably isn't. We just like <laughs> to claim. That's funny. All right. So whatever. He's uh, – they got a potter's wheel. And American. A wheel. He's American. He's yeah. American. Where's he from? What city? Um, I don't know. Just he, says he was American. Canadian. I don't know. I, I, Texas, I, I, Houston, Texas. Oh yeah, he did have that okay. accent in Dirty Dancing. I'm going to Houston tomorrow. Unbelievable. My three three favorite uh, Canadians are number one Neil Young, who's now a U.S. citizen as well. Number but two, well Steve chosen. Nash. I know. Do you know Steve Nash? I uh, vaguely, like not in my okay. inner circle. He's a, a basketball player who won the. Oh yeah, uh, of course. Player. My wife would be like, well, "How do you not know who Steve Nash is? Like all the I basketball know. programs I are know. named after him." I know. And uh, the third is. Um, um, Andy Petrie. Andy Petrie is a spotter. He's my uh, favorite Canadian of all time because I used to use his contact record every day. And every time I see him uh, and every time I'm in Canada, I send him a text to say, you're my favorite Canadian. He's been in <laughs> spot for 10 years. He's brilliant. He's funny. He's uh, got a big heart. He likes to help companies grow better. It's awesome. All right. So now, right, when you engage, right, now you don't do a product demo because no one cares about your product. What you And usually that is the sales and marketing efficiency or has to do with that. And um, agencies and uh, partners like Alicia can help you define professional outreach, understand where you add the most value. The flywheel allows your customers to get more customers. All right. For all the CEOs in the, um, in the audience, right? If you've got more than 10 people in your sales team, you take the two least performing salespeople, you fire them, you give all the money to marketing or hire an agency. They're never going to make it. You know they're going to make never going to make it. I know they're never going to make it. They're just wasting time, effort, and money. So we got. I got to interject there too because I feel a little bit like okay. I don't like it when people say, "Oh, we're going to make more money. We're going to hire more salespeople," and they don't have the tools in place for that salesperson to actually be successful. So yeah, there's two are. ways that can go. You got to set them up for success instead of having another failed cold calling campaign, which I see a lot of companies wasting money on. They have none of the tools in place to make that person successful. And then the second piece is you got to have the visibility on your performance of your sales team. Like I think a lot of companies still don't even know whether those people are performing, and they're like, you know, there's, the next great deal is always coming. Boom, boom, boom. That's why I'm on this podcast. Number one, what you just talked about is science. 
And for the first 30 years of my uh, general management career, it was all about gut feel. And I think we should do this. Now, what you just described is a mathematical calculation to understand the ratios of how effective your sales team is. Yeah. Right. And the two bottom folks, if they've been there for longer than six months. If they're not ramping up, they're not going to make it. marketers. If you're not practicing the inbound process of measuring everything like quit. Right. Unless you've got a million contacts. Alicia, do you know the statistics, the amount of contacts that atrophy out of your database every year? No, I do not know that statistic. Yes. Yes. Thirty uh, percent. Okay, you're so smart. It's 27%. That means 27% of the people that you sold to last year yep. are no longer valid. That means if you're not regenerating your contacts all the time, right, you're going to run out of contacts in four years, yep. right? And uh, salespeople, if you're not getting inbound leads, quit. Go to some place that's getting inbound leads because Alicia will feed you like a baby goat, right? She <laughs> will create these inbound leads that are insane, right? There are people where you pick up the phone. I was the first. Oh, we didn't do my bio. Oh, we only have 17 minutes of so my bio. Takes like <laughs> I'm going to put your minutes. bio in the follow-up blog. We talked about that though, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, as the first salesperson for HubSpot, I asked two questions. Number one, right? Uh, people would say, do you uh, explain about inbound? And then they'd say, does it work? Right. And I'd be like, yeah, this is inbound. Like you help people before you sell them. You um, add value before you extract value. You go to your ideal customer profile. You have your personas. You do research. You don't co call. You warm call. You uh, help people the way they want to be helped. You figure out whether there is a way for you to work together. And uh, then you go through further down the process. And uh, in 2007, when I started uh, uh, 2007, there'd be like, uh, but does it work? And I'm like, I don't know. We have 30 customers. Now HubSpot has 70,000 customers worldwide, right? We're sold in 132 countries. We have 6,000 partners like uh, Alicia that can help you to, to grow better. So now there's irrefutable proof that if you practice what we're talking about, it'll give you a competitive advantage. Right. Yep. You'll get found by more people and we can prove it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not just some crazy American yelling at you with a high pitched voice and some uh, Canadian <laughs> super smart like uh, schmarketer who's like, this is what I learned. Right. We have the proof to show you how it works. And if you have any questions, you can ping Alicia. Right, Alicia, how do people get hold of you? Oh, it'll be in the blog post, but it's always at Tangible Words, our website. They can always find me. All right, so this is what I'm taking away from you. Data, metrics, treat it like a science. Blend your marketing. Blend your sales with your marketing to get schmarketing. And you also need to think about when you pick up the phone and call someone so that you don't get millennial cookie dunked or they hang up on you right away. You got to show them right away that you understand who they are and that your voice tone is there, that you're there to help them, not sell them. You're not just That's doing right. another qualification. That's right. I've got a blog article called The World's Best Cold Call Script, which is clickbait. Because I don't cold call, never cold call. If you cold call, you're wasting your time, effort, and money, and you're ruining your brand. I warm call, right? It's completely different. If yeah. you have questions about it, detire at HubSpot.com. Find me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to help uh, Alicia because she's a very um, powerful like um, person in our community. She's a great lion. She loves helping other people. She's an expert in uh, software platforms as well as uh, helping companies grow better. Right. And um, we take this stuff pretty seriously. We know it's a competitive advantage. The one thing that I sometimes get concerned about is people say, all right, it kind of makes sense. And they don't prioritize. It, 
right? And um, like the big risk isn't that whether inbound is going to work for you or not. The big risk is um, you try to convince yourself that this is not a a strategic way in which you'll um, grow your business because number one, you'd be wrong. And number two, I can prove it. And after doing this for almost 13 years, we have all the data and the facts. And we're happy to share that with you in any industry or any time frame. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. And the thing that keeps me a little bit hesitant for people too, is just that like, if you're not doing it, then your competitor starts doing it, then you're really behind. And even just the way like search engine rules work, you got to, for SEO, you got to start early and keep at it. And I think inbounds the same, same principle. No question. Uh, in 2017, I wrote a book called The Inbound Organization with uh, Todd Hockenberry. Todd is the best co-author in the history of books, right? And Todd knows inbound. He was one of our first partners. And uh, Todd uh, specializes in certain kind of um, Amazon.com uh, inbound organization. Everything I learned at HubSpot as we scaled to a company of, um, I don't know, 3,000 employees, sold in 130 countries, traded on the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, but I uh, work a lot with scale-ups, with startups, and so this is not something that's just for big companies. In fact, the benefit is um, is equal for small companies. It is for uh, mid-market enterprise and corporate. Perfect. All right, Dan, thank you so much for being here. We'll make sure that everyone has a link to get HubSpot free because there's just no excuse not to have a best-in-class CRM, particularly when the best-in-class CRM is the HubSpot free one and it's free forever. So I'll make sure that that link's available to everybody at the bottom of the blog post following up this article, this podcast on... Awesome. Alicia, that was fun. We knew that was going to be fun, right? We knew we were going to do the lion handshake, right? <laughs> Which you're famous for. Alicia invented the lion handshake. Who does that, right? You do it. Yeah. You did it. Uh, together. And, it was teamwork. Uh, thanks for being a great part of our ecosystem. Anybody have any questions? Alicia knows how to get a hold of me, and thank you very much. All right.